0: Welcome to the 10th episode of PHPod, a podcast brought to you by the Boston University School of Public Health and Public Health Post. I'm Nick Diamond, Managing Editor of PHP. In episode 10 of PHPod, Dr. Cyrus Shapar sheds light on the role epidemic intelligence plays in emergency preparedness. Dr. Shapar is currently the director of the Prevent Epidemics team at the Resolve to Save Lives, an initiative of Vital Strategies. We start our conversation about the spark that lit the fire under him to pursue his work in public health.
1: I think uh, the specific spark that I can recall uh, being important was going to a web uh, a seminar at the Johns Hopkins uh, Bloomberg School of Public Health uh, in which d a Henderson um, talked about his experience uh, around the eradication of smallpox and the field work that they did and how. They used creative methods, especially near the end of that effort, to really stamp out smallpox. And I thought, wow, this is, you know, I, I always wanted to work in, say, a global setting. And, and what he described just kind of captivated me. And it led to me pursuing things like the Epidemic Intelligence Service at CDC, uh, global health career. Um, but I, I specifically recall that being, you know, so I remember it today in terms of something that really was a spark for me.
0: Before joining Vital Strategies, you served as the team lead for the Global Rapid Response Team and as a commander in the U.S. Public Health Service at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. How did you and your colleagues respond to emergencies while also navigating a bureaucratic public health organization like CDC?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, CDC has a very passionate, enthusiastic workforce with world-class expertise. And at the time uh, when we launched the Global Rapid Response Team, there really was this uh, support and belief that the U.S. government had a mandate to help others. It was supported by something called the Global Health Security Agenda, that countries around the world should get prepared for infectious disease threats and other public health threats, and that the U.S. would take a lead role in that. So it was an organizational priority, um, and that really helped this team launch And and at the same time, CDC has a global footprint with country offices around the world. So uh, these relationships with ministries of health and things like that. And so I think because it was a priority from the top, uh, even from at the presidential level, and we had the recent experience from Ebola reminding us that this was a problem we needed to address, um, this project was successful.
0: Would you define epidemic intelligence and also describe its role in emergency preparedness?
1: Sure. I think epidemic intelligence is all about using information and data uh, around, you know, an infectious disease outbreak or epidemic or pandemic, uh, understanding disease patterns and trends over time, how the interaction is between, say, a pathogen, the environment and hosts, in this case, humans. Um, What does that look like? How does that change? Also, what are the medical and public health prevention and control measures that can be used to kind of... um, control disease and save lives, uh, and, and, and then, of course, making sure that we have early signals of a problem. When it, when it is, when it, what is the first blip that we see that something, say, novel might be happening or there might be uh, an unusual increase in a certain disease, and then do we have the machinery in place to activate and rapidly control it, and that's where the preparedness part comes in. Uh, we need to build these systems such as surveillance systems, lab systems, a ready workforce, emergency response Uh, operation centers, these things need to be in place so that when the information does tell us that we have an issue, uh, you know, the the, the people, the place, the systems that all need to be there to respond to it are already there. And that's what preparedness is all about in terms of building up this capacity.
0: How have responses to Ebola informed or failed to inform our responses to COVID-19? I
1: think we learned that there's tremendous expertise around contact tracing, particularly in Africa. And you've seen that they've had success with COVID-19 using a lot of that expertise. I think so, so COVID is a reminder that that's important and that, you know, that expertise doesn't necessarily lie within the United States. Um, Ebola also taught us that diseases know, no borders, you know, with the three West African countries, but also cases going to Europe and, and uh, the United States and other countries, Canada, um, and of course, COVID-19 has touched almost every country in the world. So, uh, is an extreme version of that. And I think both both of these uh, infectious disease emergencies have reminded us that we need to invest in uh, emergency preparedness, public health preparedness, or else we will fall back into that cycle of what we call panic and neglect. You know, we, we're concerned about Ebola when it happens and shortly after, but do we invest in things? Generally, we don't. Uh, hopefully with COVID-19, that lesson of avoiding this neglect um, will be learned. And, and as we emerge out of COVID-19, uh, you know, countries around the world can make investments in preparedness.
0: Not all of public health involves epidemics. How does the public health infrastructure beyond epidemic preparedness strengthen or weaken emergency
1: preparedness? So the public health infrastructure outside of emergencies is extremely important. And also things like essential health services, primary care, that's really the bedrock, the foundation for any good emergency response. The stronger your health system is in general, um, the better you'll do. Um, regardless of, you know, the emergency systems you've, you've built up. So they're, 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 they're related uh, very tightly. Um, and I think primary care and essential health services also have to be a point of focus as we emerge from COVID-19.
0: What advice would you offer to the next generation of public health practitioners working to find, stop, and prevent disease outbreaks?
1: I think the next generation of public health practitioners brings with it a different perspective in terms of thinking creatively. Uh, There's new tools at our disposal around tracking disease outbreaks with sequencing, uh, detecting disease through things like social media, staying connected with people over time through things like apps and, and their phones and, and these types of newer, more recent um, technologies. How do they, how can we use them to improve the way we, we do public health, to connect with those who might be affected by disease, um, to improve prevention, these kinds of things? I think those are still questions that, you know, we're starting to answer, but the next generation of public health practitioners will be much better at thinking about uh, how to improve what, the things that we already do. And I think as well that the next generation of public health practitioners should you know, also remember that we need to think globally to inform best practices. Um, you know, we're more connected than we used to be around the world, and there's really expertise around the world in public health. So how do we take, you know, the best uh, in one area and apply it? To make sure that uh, others around the world learn from that. Um, that information exchange is extremely important, uh, and you know, it's something that's relevant now to COVID-19. The countries that have done well how do we translate that uh, into the context of the United States and apply it to our response?
0: PHPod features conversations with public health influencers. We feature their opinions on topics that may be familiar and sometimes uncomfortable. This podcast series is brought to you by the Boston university school of public health and public health post, which informs and inflects the broader conversation on health and social justice. Every day we feature new articles about the state of the health of the population. Join the conversation on social media and subscribe to the PHP Friday Roundup to receive our stories of the week delivered to your inbox by visiting publichealthpost.org.